Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. The purpose that we have this meeting is to fulfill the heart of Jesus Christ about making disciples. And as the church grows more and more, it's very hard for me as a senior pastor to disciple people one-on-one because I have limited time. I have My responsibility has expanded so much to the point that I have limited time to spend time with people one-on-one. So the choice that I have left beside preaching on Sunday and going to care group is to form a group discipleship so that I can at least teach and train a group of people instead of just ignoring them. This kind of class is more like interaction. You can ask questions at the end of the teaching. Two Fridays ago in our care group here, at the end of the teaching, people keep throwing the question to me. So many questions that people wonder what's going on. And it's so beautiful because people can ask questions in the care group. And we ended up to be a question and answer care group night that night. Like So many new people come in and don't, don't understand uh, some biblical principle of what we're doing. So the discipleship group or small group is good because we can have interaction. We can get to know each other from different care groups. And that is the model of Jesus Christ. Jesus had the 12 disciples, and he had a bigger group of disciples, 70 disciples. And he spent more time with the 12, with the 70, and he spent less time with the crowd, where people come to seek some teaching or some healing or some miracles. But he spent more time with the 12 disciples. And out of the twelve, he has three that very close to him, Peter, James, and John. And out of the three, the most closest disciple to him is John. So you can see that in his spiritual economy, Jesus really picked and chose people to spend time with because we have limited time in life. He said, go make disciples. He did make disciples. How about us? We should do the same thing. We should also make disciples. Without making disciples, Christianity cannot advance. Because after you die, the next generation will know nothing. They will be just weak Christians. So in order to continue or pass the baton to the next generation, the next generation should do better than us. We need to make disciples. When I first started the church, I discipled the first group of members. Everyone get disciples at that generation, like Yong, Tai, um, Pirate, Brenda. All these people were disciples. Every Sunday, they, were, they would come to a home and spend time with me in the evening on Sunday evening because we did not have any Sunday service in the afternoon at that time. So I spent time teaching and training them. Later on, Pastor Caesar came in, kind of second generation, were still discipled by me. And they grew up and they began to take care of the church. And now we have more new generations come in, like 
Pastor Joanne Jonathan also was in the second generation of the church. So in the beginning, I disciple a lot of people in a small group. Uh, we have small group discipleship. We have big group discipleship, like sometimes big group, like 40 people come and uh, get teaching and training. So lately, I noticed we have a lot of new people, and I began to pick and choose as well to come and spend time with me. Two years ago, I formed a group of people, about 12 people, and we can see after one year, they began to establish and really become strong to serve and to become the asset of the kingdom of God. Without discipleship, people would just sit there and go home and have no idea what to do. So we need discipleship. Discipleship is not about controlling. It's not about taking ownership of somebody, but it's more like passing what Jesus taught you to the next generation. And they can do the same thing to the next generation. So the Lord Jesus really depends on us to really pass on what we learn to people that come after us. Maybe some new believers, the Mandarin-speaking Chinese believer come in. So at the right timing, God will send in more new believers that speak Mandarin. So because you are trained, you can help them. I give you an example. We have the first Indonesian couple about two years ago, or four, I'm not sure, four years ago. They did not look like they have potential at all because Yogi was sick and was a, just a regular member of another big church in Redmond area. So when they came, they had no potential, and Yogi was very sick with cancer. After a while, after they committed, I asked them to join the first group of discipleship. So they were trained for about a year, coming out from just church goers, sitting there. Yogi was sleeping during sermon and did not do much, very weak Christian. But when they were ready about a year ago, God sent in a group of Indonesians into our church because now we have somebody who can represent Jesus and represent me to take care of Indonesian people. You need to understand one thing. Moses could not take care of everybody. He needed to appoint different groups of leaders to take care of somebody. One man have only 24 hours a day, have only two hands, two feet, need to sleep, need to rest. So he cannot do everything. We need to train people so that that person can train others. And the same thing, do the same thing again and again. The church system is like that. The, the biblical economy is that we train people and that person take the responsibility to take care of a group of people. When the right time comes, God will send in more people and we can take care of them very well. Our church doesn't have the mentality of having a big group of people sit there, have salvation, wait to go to heaven, one day wait to die, and we're going to go to heaven while we are living on earth as a believer. We just live a carnal life, live a worldly life, and 
just come to church for socialize and gossip and do business together, looking for husband and wife, and it's like a social club. Our church doesn't have that mentality. We are the army. We train people. We want people to do the book of Acts style, training disciple, training more people, get serious about becoming strong believers, and can impact your own kids, your own uh, your own generation. So that is our mentality in this church. That's why we have care groups training people. Care group actually is a place of training. People can get involved in sharing, teaching, leading worship. Members can be involved in the ministry by being in a small group because in a church on Sunday is hard to get involved because it's just big meeting. But when you come to a small meeting, you can participate in different things to do. Maybe you can use your gift as encourager. You can use your gift as a worship leader. You can use your gift as a teacher, giver, a server, or gift of help. Whatever in the small group, you can really pull up your sleeve and use your gift more than a big church on Sunday, which is more like just a big celebration together. So, care group and discipleship group. Is very important in our church. It's a backbone of our church. I noticed in the past 30 years of serving God, Christians who are disciple, either one-on-one or small group, have a tendency to be very stable and mature and keep moving, keep progressing. Christians who have never been discipled never get involved in a small group, tend to be very weak, unstable, and not progressing at all. My observation and pastor's observation has been confirmed again and again that believers who get involved in discipleship tend to grow faster and tend to be more effective and tend to be more stable in their faith, less shaken in their walk with God. So in this first session, we're going to learn one of the important subjects that Jesus want the kingdom or want the church to have and practice the subject of shepherds. The book of Psalm chapter 23 call Christian sheep and call Jesus the good shepherd. And we're going to learn in detail what it means to be a good shepherd and how God is our good shepherd. The word shepherd in the U.S. tend to be negative words for a long time, especially in the 80s. I think now is much better. When I first moved to the U.S. Uh, in Thailand, we used the word shepherd a lot. But when I came to the U.S. and when I say the word shepherd, many Christians in that generation have a big eyes and look very negative, look very like against the word shepherd, even though it's in the Bible, definitely in the Bible. We're going to read a lot of scripture that the Bible talk about shepherds. The reason because in the 80s, after the hippies, you know, the hippies were in 70, you remember that, what do you call it? Woodstock. 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 Yeah, that generation, Woodstock. The Woodstock time, the hippies, that generation, many hippies turned to be Christians. That was about my age, people about my age, about 
most of the hippies now are about 60 to 70 years old. When they turned to be Christians, they began to practice shepherding. But because of their immaturities in the word and in the spirit, that shepherding work is composed of a lot of controllings. Control people not to marry that person. Control people to buy this house and not that house and a lot of controlling in that generation. That shepherding movement in America in the 70s and 80s makes so many people backslide. And so many people have bad, bad feeling about charismatic church because these hippies are charismatic. They spoke in tongue, but they're very controlling. And because of that kind of incident in America, the word shepherd has been really shied off by a lot of Christians in churches around the U.S. But if somebody did wrong thing, does it mean that the truth in the Bible have to be ignored or cut off? No. We just have to see what the Bible say and really practice the right way of shepherding so that the effectiveness of the kingdom will continue to go on. The devil destroyed shepherding things in America for many, many years. So let's look at the scripture together in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. In fact, the Bible used the words in English like overseas. The word overseas is the word bishop. Background of the word bishop is actually shepherd. Somebody who oversee the chief of God. Shepherd the chief of God. Episcopos, bishop, taking care of God's sheep. Jeremiah three fifteen, And I will give you, I read from Amplified Bible, And I, who is I? God. Will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge and understanding and judgment. Is it God's will to provide His people with good shepherds? Yes. So shepherds are the will of God. It's not man's idea. It's God's idea. And He even said, I will give you good shepherds. That's why it's so important to find a church that the pastor is a real shepherd, not a hired man, not a professional man who do the job for income because he doesn't do anything else. He graduated from Bible school, so I need to get a job. I get a job, but doesn't have a heart of a good shepherd. So you need to find a church that the pastor leadership really called, anointed, by God to be the shepherds of God's people. It's about the calling and the anointing and the heart attitude of the leadership. And what kind of shepherds that God wants us to have? Shepherds after my own heart. What does it mean? Shepherd after my own heart. What does it mean? Shepherd that will do his will. Shepherd that make him happy. Is that right? Shepherd that make God pleased and happy. This shepherd definitely need to work on behalf of God and on the agenda of God, not his own agenda. 
to do everything for the sake of God's desire or God's purpose. And this shepherd will feed you with knowledge, understanding, and judgment. The job of the shepherd is to feed God's people with knowledge, with understanding. Let's look at First Peter five, verses one to two. First Peter chapter five, verses one to two. These are all introduction of. I want to. Help you to understand that it's God's will that somebody need to be a shepherd, and God's people need a real shepherd. First Peter five one to two. I warn and counsel the elders among you, the pastors, and the spiritual guides of the church, as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify of the sufferings of Christ. As well as a sharer in the glory, the honor, the splendor that is to be revealed, tend, nurture, guard, guide, and fold the flock of God. That is your responsibility, not by coercion or constraint, but willingly, not dishonorably, motivated by the advantages and profit belong to the office, but eagerly and cheerfully. This scripture talk about. Shepherds, pastor, people who look after the members with the right heart, without seeking personal gain, without forcing people, coercing people. That's why controlling is not of God. God never practice controlling. We shepherd people by leading as example, by encouraging and teaching, not by forcing people. Okay, Acts chapter twenty verse twenty eight. Acts twenty twenty eight. Take care and be on guard for yourself and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you, bishops. The word bishop means pastor or overseer, overseers, and guardians to shepherd. Ten, and feed, and guide the church of the Lord of God, which He obtained for Himself, buying it, and saving it for Himself with His own blood. God's people are so precious; they are so expensive. God bought us. With the most expensive thing in the world, the blood of Jesus Christ, the life of the Son of God. So God's people belong to God, not belong to us. But He still say, "Okay, the Father is in heaven. The chief shepherd is at the right hand of the Father. God sent the Holy Spirit into the earth, but He's still the good shepherd. So He has to use somebody to be His mouth." His eyes, his hand, his legs, his body, to shepherd or to feed, to take care, to guard, to protect, to pray for, to train, to teach God's people to grow up. When we were born again many years ago, were we babies? Yes, we were babies. Is that right? We all of us passed through that baby stage. We need to grow up. 
how we're going to grow up without having somebody taking care of us, training us, correcting us, showing us what to do. So one of the terminology in the Bible is shepherd. In fact, one time in the Bible, Paul called himself, "I am the Father." It's a family. So God compared the church as a family, as a father and mother take care of the kids, so that the kids will grow up. God also gave the terminology of the flock, the sheep and the shepherd. God wants His people to grow up to be strong, so He need to appoint somebody to be shepherd. Before we go on, we need to understand one thing: not every Christian is grace and anointed to be bishop or pastor or shepherd. Not everybody has that anointing. People who has that anointing will be very clear, very clear. You can see it that that person is so pastoral, so taking care of God's people, love God's people. But every Christian. Should have the same heart as Jesus Christ. It means every Christian should care for God's sheep, even though you may not be a pastor, but you still need to have a heart of Jesus to care for the new believers, for the weak believers, other people around you that you want to see them grow up. You may be gifted in administration, but You use your gift in administration to help God's people to grow up. It's the heart. It's not the anointing. It's the attitude. Like, for example, not everybody has the gift of giving, but everyone should have the lifestyle of giving. You see the point? Not everybody is a pastor, but everybody should have a lifestyle of caring, thinking about the benefit of other people in the church to help them to. Facilitate to be the stepping stone for other people to grow up by using your gift. Your gift may be serving, carrying the chair, vacuuming the floor, but you use that gift to facilitate other people to grow up because you have the heart of a shepherd, care for people. You need to see the difference between the gift and the heart, the attitude. Now we're gonna learn some biblical principle of the shepherding a little bit here. Let's look at the biblical principle. Isaiah forty eleven. Isaiah forty eleven, and somebody turn to John chapter ten. John chapter ten. Isaiah forty eleven. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm. He will carry them in his bosom, and will gently lead those that have their young. Who is he? Yes, God the Father and Jesus. The Bible says God will feed His flock like a shepherd. John chapter ten. What did Jesus say in John chapter ten? John chapter ten. I'm the good shepherd. Is that right? In John chapter ten. In First Peter chapter five verse four, Peter called Jesus the chief shepherd. So the head shepherd of the whole body of Christ, the real, 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 real 
head shepherd of the whole body, every church that believe in Jesus is Jesus Himself. God the Father and Jesus Himself are the real shepherd. They, they are real one and the the head shepherd. Okay, I'm not the head shepherd. I'm just a little one in the body of Christ. There's a big one up there. His name is Jesus. I'm just trying to serve him by helping him to take care of God's people. In my attitude, one day if you you become a leader, you take care of people, you need to understand that God's people are not yours. They belong to Jesus. They don't belong to you. That's why I never get mad when people leave the church. I make a decision. People are not mine. They can choose their own shepherd somewhere else. But as long as they are here, I cannot do the best to take care of them. But if they don't feel belong here, they don't feel called to be here, that's okay. I'm not a shepherd to everybody. I'm a shepherd to the flock that God ordained me to take care. So I'm content with my flock. I'm not going to try to compare myself with another church or try to uh, blame other church. Hey, God's people go to different shepherds. Definitely, as a shepherd, we need to do the best in taking care of God's people in that flock. So we need to have the right heart, understanding that Jesus is a chief shepherd. Amen? Because he is a chief shepherd and he is in heaven, what has he done? He appoints some to be his representative on earth here, to shepherd his people. Being a pastor or being a shepherd is not a profession. It's not something that you know, if you don't get paid, I'm not going to do it. If you don't have come up with a salary, bye-bye. I'm leaving. Or it's not something that you look for the title. Pastor dot 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 so and so. It's not about title. It's not about having salary. It's not about being involved in politics of the church, getting into the committee. But the real shepherd is ordained, called, anointed by Jesus Christ. And the shepherd is a person, is a lifestyle, is the heart of God in him to live a lifestyle of taking care of God's people. Whether he get any benefit or not, whether people keep him position or not, whether he has any title in the church or not, it doesn't matter. Because it's a calling, it's a lifestyle, it's the gift inside that moves him or her to love God's people and take care of God's people. Amen? You have to be clear about this, that Jesus is the chief shepherd and he called and anointed somebody to shepherd his flock. So these true shepherds, not hired shepherds, not hired men, really love God's people and do the job without agenda. It's just a lifestyle. So if anybody come to you and say, I'm going to shepherd you, but I'm sorry, you need to give me money first, that is not a true shepherd. It's just a job. He's hired. Actually, we're going to read that in John chapter 10. Jesus talked about hired men, people who are hired to do the job, but they don't really love God. They don't love God's people. Let's look at Exodus Chapter 18, verse 25. Exodus chapter 18, verse 25. Exodus chapter 18, verse 25. Moses chose 
able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Another principle of shepherd. Okay, you need to understand one thing about God's kingdom. God's kingdom has divine order. When you go into a company, owner of the company, MD, managing director, and you have CEO, you have a manager of different department, and then the workers of different department. In any company, there is order. The same thing, government. They have order. Anywhere in the world, there is no order. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> so, everywhere you go, there must be order. But there is also divine order. In the kingdom of God, there is a divine order, and God honor His order. In His economy, in His kingdom, Jesus, the head shepherd, will appoint one man or a woman to be the head shepherd of each. Flock, in that group of people, there will be a head, a flock, like in your family when you were young. Your dad is the head of your family. There are no such a thing that two dads in the whole in the same family. You have only one dad. There is no two men with one wife. Only one man in one family. Is that correct? The same thing in each flock, in each local church. There will be one head. Shepherd representing Jesus, but because the head shepherd is full of many responsibilities, he or she cannot take care of everybody in a detailed way. It's impossible. So, how God organized the divine order? The head shepherd will listen to the voice of Jesus Christ, the head shepherd, and by the leading of the Spirit of Jesus, will then appoint. Other little little shepherds in the church to look after different groups of people. We use this model in our church. I admit to you, care group system in our church is the same principle of Moses. Because I am pastor, Dar cannot take care of everybody in the church. The only way I can make sure that people are taken care well. I'm not talking about just loosely, but well, making sure. Two days ago, and Pastor Da was talking about we make we want to make sure that the widows in our church will be taken care. We have a few widows in our church. In the care group, when the widows join in, the care group leader will make sure if anything wrong happened in the that family, the church will know, so that the church will help, whatever financially, physically. Help moving the house and bringing the van to move the stuff because the widow doesn't have a husband, so she needs help. And the church will take care of that widow through care groups instead of centralization. Everybody call the church office. I need help. Okay, Pastor Tisa, help me. That is centralization. But we don't do centralization way. We do delegation way, which is God's way. God's divine order is that He appoint a head and the head appoint. Other shepherds and other shepherd appoint shepherd shepherd shepherds to the point that everybody is taken care of in the church. That's why we need to produce more shepherd in the church so that people can take care of one another. I cannot take care of woman; it's impossible. So we need woman shepherd to take care of woman. 
We need some young people to take care of the youth. We need some family man to take care of family man. So there are many kinds of shepherd in the church to look after God's people. How many people remember that before Jesus left the world, he talked to Peter. He asked Peter three times, "Do you really love me? Do you agape me?" And Peter answered, "Yes, I freely owe you. I loved you." And then Jesus asked him second time, "Do you love me? Do you agape me?" He answered, "Yes, I freely owe you." <laughs> and third time, he asked again. And after he said, "Yes, you know I loved you," and then Jesus said. Answer: How do you show love to Jesus? You don't see Jesus today. You don't touch Jesus today. He is in heaven. You may say with your mouth, "Oh, I love God. I love you, Lord." You sing this song, "I love God." But Jesus said, "Okay, you love me, really? Okay, in the practical way, how you can love me? Take care of my sheep." It's interesting. He did not say, "Take care of my children." He used the word "sheep." Hmm. The word "sheep" is related to the word "shepherd." So you can see, in the heart of God, He is never against shepherding system. We still need to have shepherds. Okay, and I hope we can bring this back to the U.S. because it was a mess many years ago, to the point that all the churches don't want to do anymore. Shepherding is biblical way. And God appoint in divine order, from one to two to four to more and more and more people. When I read the Bible, I can see that the biblical way is to make sure people grow up and they are discipled, not just come here to socialize together, because that is not biblical way. That is not the heart of God. The heart of God is not just having a big crowd come on Sunday, pay some time, and go home. His heart is that. I want my people to grow up, and I want to produce more shepherd in the church. Amen. That is the biblical fact. The maturity and the progression, the spiritual progression and development of the members, really depend on the responsibility and the commitment of the shepherd of the church. If the shepherd is committed to build people up, then the members will grow faster. If the shepherd is lazy and don't take responsibility, the members will suffer. God depend on the commitment and the obedience of the shepherd, and at the same time, God say, "I want my shepherd to look after my people, and they need to grow up. They need to be taken care, fed, protected, and guided." So this is just starting the basic. I, I just read all this scripture to show you that it's God's will, is the heart of God. To see God's sheep growing up, learn, taken care, protected, not by forcing, not by coercing, not by controlling, but by loving people. And God wants to appoint in each church a shepherd. I have to admit to you, I'm concerned if a local church doesn't have a pastor or a real shepherd. You know, some churches really suffer right now. The pastor left because they are. Have a bigger salary from somewhere, and they move to another church because a bigger salary. That church become poop blank, and try to look for pastor from Bible school. It never happened in this church. You know why? Even after I died, 
there will be continuing shepherd in this church because we teach this lesson. People continue to train next generation. Actually, Pastor Dan, I start to talk about this already because we know that we're getting older, and we were thinking and praying if something happened to me, who will be the next chief shepherd here to replace me? We have so many good shepherds here that they can replace me. We train people inside the house to take care of God's people. That is the biblical way. Our church tries to follow the biblical way as much as we can, because I believe that to do something for God, the best is to follow the Bible, the biblical pattern, the way of God. It will last long. It will produce less chaos and less headache if you just follow the Bible. Everything we do, we need to go back and check with the Bible what God wants in the local church. And if you follow the Bible, it will last long. It will become very strong. You remember Jesus said, "If you build a house on the rock, what does it mean? Build a house on the rock? It means you heard the word and you obey the word. You need to have the word of God as a foundation of what you build. So shepherding is one of the biblical truth that we practice in our church. We train people to look after one another. Lately, God spoke to me something in our spiritual walk. I'm preparing the teaching, and one of the scripture come up, James, I think chapter one. If you lack wisdom, you ask God. The Bible say, when you ask, you ask in faith, and not wavering. I notice one thing, is that God want His children to be very single-minded, to be decisive. He doesn't want us to say right or left, black or white, yes or no. Thank God, I'm that kind of person. I'm very. This is the way I go 100. I'm not wavering at all. All of this year of my Christian walk for 30 years, go, I go. People come to talk to me, try to pull me away. I say no. God called me to do this. This is the way. I'm gonna stick to it until God tell me another way. So the same thing with your life, you know, because you have only 24 hours a day, and you have to commit and to need to build your life. So if you waver, God cannot bless you fully because that is a sign of lack of faith. You waver. Which way? Which way? God, which way? Just say, okay, I'm gonna go this way. No if and no but. I'm gonna go 100% fully. Go 100%. No, no wavering anymore. Have to be that way if you want to be used by God. That's how Jesus was. That's how Paul was. Paul was very hundred percent with God. David, everyone, Joseph, everyone that God used are that type of people that very go forward for the calling of God in their life, and they never waver back and forth. Yeah. If you hear long enough, you notice our church never change vision. Fire, whatever. We just tag group. We never one day. Oh, let's go into the board and go preach on the board. And another day, let's go and do giving money to the poor. We don't change. We just keep going the same direction all this year because that's how God called us to do. So we have to stick with it. Yeah. I actually first joined the church in 2003. Walked in. I saw you laying on a pants. I got so scared. I didn't come back for five years. <laughs> 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 and you still do it, and, and you and you haven't changed. Yeah. Yeah. You don't waver. Whatever God calls you, you you believe. You sold out. You determine. You know anything you do, you need to be sold out. You have conviction. 
and you don't change. Otherwise, the devil gonna sneak in and try to play game and make you kind of oh, should I do this? And do you start to have doubt? No doubt. Have faith. You walk in faith. <laughs> Unless God close the door and say stop this and move on, then you you have to stop and move on to new direction of life. And then you when you move, you just move. You don't look back anymore. I don't look back. Why is it necessary in the body of Christ to have shepherds? Let's look at Numbers chapter 27:15 to 17. Numbers 27:15 to 17. And Moses said to the Lord, "Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who shall go out and come in before them, leading them out and bringing them in." That the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep, which have no shepherd. Do you remember I say a while ago, God set a man or a woman over a congregation, and then He said, so that there will not be the sheep which have no shepherd. What is the nature of the sheep? They will go astray. They are in danger. They cannot protect themselves. They are not that wise. They sometimes do. Wrong thing because they are not that wise. God compared His people to sheep. In the natural, the sheep need a shepherd. Otherwise, they're gonna be eaten up by lions and bear and uh, wolf. They need protection. They need guidance to go to the green pasture. They need some protection. God's sheep are the same way. No matter how long you are a Christian. No matter how many Bible verses you know, how many seminar you go to, you are still the sheep, and you need a shepherd, because you can be deceived. You can be deceived by the devil, or you can be deceived by your own heart, and you can get into trouble. God's people need the shepherd. That is the fact of life. It's very unhealthy to be Christian at home without joining a church. It's very unhealthy to. Jump from church to church to church to church all the days of your life. It's not healthy at all that you just go to church but never commit yourself to the shepherd. You just guess all the time. You need to understand one thing about life: it's two way. The leader in the church cannot take care of you unless you want to. If you say no, they cannot do anything because you have the freedom of choice. So when people come into the church and sit there every Sunday and never join, never say, "Come to the pastor." Now I want to be a member. Now I want to get involved. I want to commit. They cannot do anything. They cannot shepherd you, even though you sit in the roof. But you're not shepherded. You're not taken care until you say, "I commit." You take care of me. Then they can take the action. You see, it's a kind of two-way things. So Christians should be committed to a local church because, according to the Bible, every Christian. Need a shepherd to grow, to be corrected, to be taught, to be trained. If we want to be a good Christian, not weak, wobbling, broken leg Christian, we need to be strong Christian. Okay, so that is the first reason. Sheep need a shepherd. Zechariah chapter ten verse two. Zechariah chapter ten verse. For the teraphim have spoken vanity, and the diviners have seen a lie, and the dreamers have told false dreams. They comfort in vain. So this is talking about false teacher, the 
workers of Satan that come to try to destroy God's people. Therefore, then God make a conclusion. Therefore, the people go their way like sheep. They are afflicted and hurt because there is no shepherd. This scripture tell us the second reason why sheep need a good shepherd. Without a good shepherd, the sheep are not protected from dangers. What are the dangers? The devil is like a roaring lion. He will try every way to get rid of Christians and to make Christians polarized and unhealthy or sick or die or ineffective. The devil will try to come to tempt, to cause Christians to fall and to sin against God. Not only really that, there are temptations. Uh, your flesh, the world system is so strong out there to pull you into the world system. That's why you need a shepherd to protect you, to teach you, to show you what is the right thing, what is the wrong thing, so that you will grow up in the way of God. Amen? God's sheep will be in big dangers without a good shepherd. Okay, let's look at the next one. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 4 to 6. Ezekiel 34, verses 4 to 6. The disease and weak you have not strengthened. This scripture talks about false shepherd. The sick you have not healed. The hurt and crippled you have not bandaged. Those gone astray you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought to find. But with force and hardened-hearted harshness, you have ruled them. And they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And then when they scattered, they became food for all the wild beasts of the field. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yes, my sheep were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And no one searched or sought for them. God's sheep will scatter without a good shepherd. God appoints shepherd to gather the heart of God's people together, to come together, have safety, have protection, have security under the wing of the shepherd. Without a good shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And when they scatter, they're in trouble. You remember I share about the story of uh, the, the movie called The Grey? When this group of people who had plane crash in Alaska stayed together with a fire torch, they were not killed by the wolf. But if one man walked out of the group to do something by himself, that guy was killed by the wolf. So chief cannot be by itself. It's going to be killed by the wolf. We need to be together. We need to be in the flock together with the good shepherd to pray over you, to protect. God's people need to be in a good, good local church with a good shepherd. Otherwise, they will be scattered and killed and destroyed. It's so clear in the Bible. Let's look at the last scripture. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. I read this a while ago. Jeremiah chapter 3 
And I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge, understanding, and judgment. Why God c h e e p n e e d shepherd? Because it's the will of God. God said, "I will give you a shepherd. If you reject the shepherd, you reject God. You reject God's will. So God will say, 'I want to give you a shepherd.' And you say, 'No, I don't want it.' God says, 'Yes, I want, I want you to have one.' You say, 'No. Are you rebellious? Yes, you rebellious against God. God wants you to have at least one shepherd to take care of you. It's so clear in the Bible here. Okay. So next time." We will study about the characteristic of the sheep, the characteristic of the Jehovah as a shepherd, and characteristic of Jesus as a good shepherd. We're gonna learn all these things, and we can imitate him. And then we learn about characteristic of the false shepherd, so that we will not get into trouble by associating ourselves with false shepherd. In fact, it's like a led by the spirit. Actually, the best thing is to be led by the spirit. Because you don't want to do this in the flesh, we don't want to produce Ishmael. If you do anything in the flesh, you're gonna produce Ishmael. You need to be led by the Spirit. Usually, I love it when God leads people to be with us by the Spirit, and you can feel it. You can sense that it's so healthy and so blessed, because that is God's ordained thing, not. That's why I tell you, I never manipulate anybody to join this church. I never try to do any human tactic, do some preach something to make people happy to join. Because if people gonna join, have to be God's calling, not me. Try to get them to be. Because if they come because of me, my human manipulation, it's gonna be in trouble one day. We both gonna be in trouble. I gonna be in trouble. They gonna be in trouble because it's not God's will. I prefer everything to be done by the Spirit of God. Just be honest, be in the spirit, and people come because the spirit lead them. I don't want to build the church in the flesh because you're gonna produce Ishmael. And you know, actually, the sheep know. Yeah, this is my shepherd. They can tell, and I can tell this is my sheep until the time is over and God move them out, or maybe some something happen and they have to change the shepherd. Maybe disagree in teaching or something. Yeah, sometimes people can disagree. In the doctrine, when I first became a pastor many years ago, I have so many shepherd over me. I have so many men in my life that shepherd me in a different ways, in a different intensity. But I had shepherd for many many years, and most of my shepherd already passed away. You become baby first, you grow up to be teenager, and then you get married, and you have a kid. When you have kids, you have your own dad to oversee you, give you advice, and one day your dad passed away. You rise up and you have experience of being a dad and a mom, and then you begin to train your kids to be a dad and a mom. This is a circle of life. In the natural, this is a circle of life. My dad used to train me, and now he's 98. So I become a dad, and I was a young dad, make mistake. And now I have experience, and I have grandkids now. I can teach my kids how to be a good mom and good dad. And one day I pass, and they will rise up. And the same thing happened in the local church. That's why I tell you the truth. My really passion right now is not about having a nice building or having you know big ministry. My passion is to make sure before I die, I will have good, good Christian servant in this church that can take care of your kids. 
and your grandkids. We need a good shepherd in this church because one day are gonna pass. Your the future of your kids depend on the next shepherd. If they're good, they love God, they love the Holy Spirit, then the next generation will be in safetyness because you have good shepherd. Very important to have the right shepherd because it's a safe place. People that come in will be protected and loved and nurtured. And so that's my big burden right now because I know I'm getting older now. I hope I live 120 years, but again, I don't know. I want to leave the baton. I want to leave a good people to take care of the next generation. It's it's the heart of God. Natural cycle of life or circle of life and the spiritual circle of life the same thing. So now I'm acting like a spiritual grandfather. I look after so many pastors around the world now, and. Because I have gone through this for 30 years of being a father who used to be shepherded by my father, a spiritual father that passed away already, or some of them may move on to, some of them even backslid. <laughs> Frankly, some of my spiritual father already backslid and they gone. They don't serve God anymore. But I'm still here. We all need somebody to shepherd us, and we learn how to shepherd other people. In fact, you will never grow that much if you don't shepherd people. If you just come to church and sit there to be a sheep forever, you don't grow that much. You begin to grow more when you start to take responsibility, look after somebody, because they learn. Wow, the reality is out there. People really get into trouble. I need to grow up. I need to be in the discipleship meeting. I need to take serious about the word of God now because they begin to look after people now. So they have to grow up themselves. It's really stir them up to grow and to be serious about God. When you start to take care of somebody, yeah, that's how I grow because I take care of God's people. So I cry now to God all the time that I need to change because I cannot help people if I don't grow. So actually, make you grow faster than your sheep. In fact, if you're the shepherd, it's good for you. We try to shepherd people of the same sex because we don't want to get involved with any sexual immorality. Shepherding involves many factors: the background of people, the age, the interest, the calling, and the maturity. The more mature you are, the more ability you can take care of wider group of people because you are mature. You can reach out to different culture and nationality. The more You are like Christ. The more easier for you to adjust to different kind of people, to your calling. Because some people, their calling is not for kids or for family. Maybe their calling is for college, so they don't have the grace to look after the couple. But they have the grace to look after the single college students. Like Pastor PJ has the calling and grace to do youth group. So people have different calling, grace. And maturity, and opportunity that God opens. So I think we just be flexible, according to what the Holy Spirit lead. That's why our church doesn't have any rule and law. You have to do this. You have to do this. But I just go by what the calling and the Holy Spirit lead people. And even matching between sheep and shepherd, we have to go by the Holy Spirit as well. We don't use rule and law on people. It's not healthy. Have to be done by all this. Spiritual factors in life. In our church, number one, we don't allow people to just appoint themselves to shepherd people, because that is dangerous. Any shepherd want to shepherd somebody need to report to me. No free throw, because they are 
divine order. If we want authority, then you need to submit to authority. Okay, no free flow shepherd. I want to shepherd that person. It's my business. Pass the law. Don't get involved in me. No, every sheep belong to Jesus, and every sheep is under my responsibility. So any shepherd under this church need to let me know. Cannot do it by themselves, or at least let their pastor know over them, and their pastor will report to me. Number two, we don't control people. If you feel that this woman is your shepherd, you can report to the pastor. Say, I want that lady. Can we try to match this person together? That's okay. We don't control. You must have this shepherd. Otherwise, you are disobedient sheep. No, there's no such thing in this church. And to no shepherd own anybody. Maybe at this time of your life, you need a very soft, older woman, like a mother, to shepherd you because you are in the time of life that you need somebody older and loves you and like your mother. Maybe after a few years, you change to be some young woman, very vibrant, very have a lot of time, no kids around, and go out with you and go out and shepherd you in a very vibrant way. Because older mother may have kids and grandkids to take care, they cannot go out with you everywhere. They have limited time, so it can change according to timing or chapters of your life. We all have different chapters of life, so our church is very flexible because. Our goal is not about the shepherd. Our goal is about you, and about the sheep, to grow and to get to the best they can. The goal is not about the shepherd can act like, oh, now I have five sheep. They're under me. It's not about the shepherd. It's about the benefit of the sheep. So whatever best for the sheep, we will follow. We will do it. So that is our attitude in this church. There is no controlling. There is no ownership in this church. Yeah, you can change. And also, sometimes shepherd has the end of it. Like Pastor Da shepherd many women in the church, and eventually she will let them go and say, "Anytime you have problem, you can come to me now." Because of limited time, I have to move to the next group, and I need to shepherd the next group of women, so that you can go shepherd other women. I shepherd this group, but you can come back to me anytime. I'm still your spiritual shepherd, but I don't need to meet you on a regular basis anymore. The younger believers we are, the more need of shepherding than when we grow up more. Or when you move to the new church like this, you even need shepherd because you need to learn the new things here. You need to understand the teaching, the practice. Then the old believers who have been here for a long time, they all know what's going on. They know the spirit of the church. So there are different chapters and type of life that we need different shepherds and intensity of shepherding. This is a practical thing that we need to understand. This kind of subject is hard to teach on the church on Sunday. That's why we need to have discipleship group to talk about something that you cannot learn on Sunday. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for showing us the truth in the Bible, and we want to be doer of your word, Lord. We want to build our house on the rock that is to hear the word and obey the word. Help us, Lord, to be good shepherds, to represent you on earth here, to take care of Jesus' sheep. We love you, Jesus, and we want to show our love to you by taking care of your sheep, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege, for the opportunity, for the anointing, and the grace that you have given us to serve you, to serve your people. Lord, build this church to be. 
the church that is full of disciples who can pass the baton, who can leave spiritual legacy to the next generation. Lord, we will not be just a social club. We will not be just a place that people gather together for fun, but we will be the place of making disciples. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I live to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done Have been washed away By your only son Bring me your tired You said Bring me your weak Bring me your hungry masses We seek your glory Lord, hear my song.